Greetings and welcome to Digging Deeper with Kenneth Frank, where we uncover hidden gems of understanding in the Word of God. Did you know that about 90 years after the people of the house of Judah returned from the captivity in Babylon, their capital city of Jerusalem still did not have a defensive wall around it? The Jewish governor of Judea challenged his compatriots to unite and complete a project to protect Jerusalem and its inhabitants from their enemies' opposition. Decades earlier, the ancestors of these folks had built a semblance of a sacrificial altar and later a temple, but Jerusalem was undefended from hostile neighbors since it had no protective wall. The Bible records that the Jews recognized the importance of their participation to build a wall and worked with determination through the effective leadership of their governor. This Digging Deeper recounts the story to grasp an applicable lesson for God's people who perform His work today. Subheading, Needing a Wall This building project occurred during the Persian Empire period of the Old Testament history. Judea and much of the ancient Near East were governed by this vast empire. Starting with Persia's king Cyrus, the people of the house of Judah were permitted to depart from the land of their captivity to rebuild their temple and city if they remained loyal to the Persian king and were peaceful contributors to the realm. Cyrus followed a policy of repatriation for the Jews and other formerly captive peoples, as noted in history. Decades later, King Artaxerxes of Persia appointed as governor of Judea his cupbearer, Nehemiah, Nehemiah 1.11, to direct the project of rebuilding the walls around Jerusalem. The entire book of Nehemiah details this exciting saga of Nehemiah's leadership over God's people, who accepted this challenge. They had lacked the necessary leadership until Nehemiah arrived. The Jews were being opposed by many nearby enemies. A wall around the city was vital for their protection. John Gill's exposition of the Bible summarizes Nehemiah 4. Quote, This chapter relates how the Jews, while building, were mocked by their enemies, to which no answer was returned but by prayer to God. And they went on, notwithstanding in their work, Nehemiah 4.1, and how that their enemies conspired against them, to hinder them by force of arms, Nehemiah 4.7, to oppose which both spiritual and temporal weapons were made use of, so that the work was still carried on, Nehemiah 4.13. Subheading, Facing Opposition. In Nehemiah 4.1, Sanballat, a satrap, that is, a governor of a whole province, for Samaria, mocked the Jews and worked to discourage their progress. Nehemiah turned to God in prayer after learning of Sanballat's opposition. Nehemiah 4, 4 and 5. Arno Gabeline's annotated Bible notes that this, quote, is another of the brief ejaculatory prayers of Nehemiah. There are seven of them in this book. Chapters 2, verse 4, 4, verses 4 and 6, 5, verse 19, 6, verse 14, 
13 verses 4, 22, and 29. End of quote. Nehemiah's effective leadership skills were the result of his constant prayer. Our focus first details what followed. So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. Nehemiah 4, 6, King James Version throughout. Adam Clark's commentary on the Bible explains the Hebrew of this passage. The original is very emphatic, for the people had a heart to work. Their hearts were engaged in it, and where the heart is engaged, the work of God goes on well. End of quote. David Guzik's Enduring Word Commentary makes this vital point about the result of Nehemiah's prayer. Quote, the immediate answer to the prayer made no difference in the enemies. The prayer was answered in the people of God doing the work. Nehemiah's prayer asked God to take care of his enemies, and God answered by taking care of his people. We often miss God's answer of our prayers because we pray for him to do a work in the lives of others we are in conflict with, and he answers by moving in our lives. But we resist that moving it is as if he tried to give us a mind to work in a situation, but we resisted it. End of quote. Subheading, prayer and hard work. Commenting on the importance of joining prayer to work, the Bible Knowledge Commentary Old Testament asserts, quote, After praying, Nehemiah and the Jews continued with the work. Some Christians pray and then wait for things to happen, but not Nehemiah. As in all his efforts, he blended the divine perspective with the human. He faced Samballot's opposition with both prayer and hard work. Once he committed the problem to the Lord, he trusted God to help them achieve their goal. End of quote. This combination of prayer and work empowers God's people to perform his will. Handfuls on Purpose, Volume 6, by James Smith and Robert Lee provides three vital actions taken by these Jews. Number one, a mind to work, Nehemiah 4.6. They had no mind to sit moping over their difficulties or to spend their time in mere talk or fault-finding. The love of God constrained them. Number two, a heart to pray. Nevertheless, we made our prayers unto God, Nehemiah 4.9. A working mind should always be accompanied with a praying heart. Number three, an eye to watch. We set a watch against them day and night, Nehemiah 4.9. Watching and praying are frequently linked together in the scriptures of truth. Matthew 26.41, Mark 13.33, Ephesians 6.18, 1 Peter 4.7. End of quote. Christians need to join prayer with watchfulness. As K. L. Brooks' summarized Bible declares, quote, Nehemiah 4.13, Having prayed, they set a watch. We cannot secure ourselves by prayer without watchfulness. Matthew 26.41, Prayer without watchfulness is presumption. Watchfulness without prayer is hypocrisy. End of quote. This is an example of faith as displayed by works. Brooks continues with another lesson on watchfulness. Quote, God's people are often a despised people, loaded with contempt, but the reproaches of enemies should rather quicken them to duty than drive them from it. 
those who cast contempt on God's people in reality despise God himself and prepare for themselves everlasting shame. End of quote. Subheading, completing the job. The good news is that these pioneers did complete the wall they had built only halfway in chapter 4. So the wall was finished in the 20 and 5th day of the month Elul, in 50 and 2 days, Nehemiah 6.15. 52 days was record time. Nehemiah's leadership on this project was vital. Charles Simeon's homiletica explains, the state of the project before he came. Quote, The walls of Jerusalem still continued in their desolate condition, notwithstanding the Jews had returned thither about 90 years. But at the instigation of one single man, the people combined and engaging heartily in the work, they effected in a short space of time what had appeared utterly impracticable. Nehemiah says, So built we the wall for the people, had a mind to work. End of quote. Gerda Koning's King Comments makes some pointed remarks on Nehemiah 4 that Christians must consider. Quote, there is a kind of people who stand by and comment from the sidelines, but disappear when there is opposition. Some also want to contribute in an easy way, so they avoid effort. They send money and insist on getting proof of payment in order to be able to use the gift as a tax-deductible item. And in doing so, they think they can redeem their service in the kingdom of God. But they do not have a heart to work. Work in and for the church is not regulated by a collective labor agreement. End of quote. God's people have always faced opposition from those who insist their work must be stopped. The popular commentary by Paul Kretzmann provides the proper response. Quote, Those who undertake the work of the Lord in true faith will not permit the ridicule of the enemies to discourage them, but will piously trust in the power of God to support them. End of quote. A New Testament admonition parallels this lesson from Nehemiah. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. As Christians approach the very end of the age, this will be even more important for God's work to be completed through them. Matthew Henry's commentary on the whole Bible offers two final lessons. Quote, 1. Good work goes on well when people have a mind to it. Two, the reproaches of enemies should rather quicken us to our duty than drive us from it. End of quote. This has been Digging Deeper with Kenneth Frank. To learn more about the Bible and living a godly life, go to livingeducation at lcgeducation.org sponsored by the Living Church of God.